Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. In our Advent Sermon Series, The Language of Christmas, we are unpacking five ways to show love to one another. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and giving of gifts. Jesus lived a life of perfect love for God's people. The greatest responsibility and opportunity for a Christ follower is to practice loving God and neighbor like He loved us first. It's our prayer that the love of Christ will be the greatest gift in your home this Christmas. Now, tune in as we study what love is and how to show it. Good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So glad we could join together and worship our great God. And Happy New Year, right? I mean, it's still the new year, right? We're still kind of at the beginning of the new year, or eight days in. But I hope and pray you're having a great new year, a great 2023. Hope you're keeping up with your New Year's resolutions, you know. I mean, the gym has been packed. Lately, so, you know, there's a lot of people around and maybe you've been eating a lot of salads, whatever it is, you know, but whatever, man, just keeping it up because it's that long term, right? It's that longevity. It's a long obedience, as Eugene Peterson says, in the right direction. And for our lives, being at church and being in his word and spending time with him and growing to be his disciples of 2023. And so it starts now, it continues on. And I'm so grateful and so thankful that we can worship together in this first part of this new year and say, God, we want to dedicate this year to you and to you alone. You know, I love this series because we're just in our 20 years as a church. And we're celebrating this month in January. And we're talking about what God has done. And we're talking about who he's calling us to be in the next 20 years as God's church. And it's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, think about this, right? Let me just think about this for a minute. We started 20 years ago with 15 people in an apartment clubhouse doing a Bible study on Thursday nights. Okay, so no money, no building, no staff, but a really big God. I mean, a really big God. I mean, you just look at what God's done. I mean, it's incredible. It's only Him, right? You just look around, you're like, God, this is you. And just to see that and for us to grow in that, to celebrate. And I hope and pray that you know in your lives that you have a really big God that's with you. And the same God who was doing miracles back in the Old Testament, the same God that was doing miracles in the New Testament is the same God who is with you. And me every day, the same God who is in his church, that our God is a God of miracles and our God is transforming lives for his glory. And we get to be a part of that. There's no greater place to be a part of what God's doing and living that out. And so in this month, we're talking through our vision statement and saying, here's the DNA of the church. Here's the DNA of Christians, of Christ followers. Here's who we should be. And so we see this, our vision statement as a church. And it simply says, a people of God, Reaching out, growing up, giving all. I love that. Last week we talked about being a people of God. In 1 Peter it talks about that you are a chosen people. Think about that. Church, you are a chosen people, right? You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Right? Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And how incredible to think about that. That we are the people of God today. And so we see that, people of God. Let me talk about this. Reaching out. That we were called to reach out. And we want to talk about that today. How we called to reach out. And the next week we'll be talking about this growing up. That we're to mature in our faith. And then giving all. 
And how do we do that? How do we give all as Christ followers today? What does that look like in our spiritual walk and in our spiritual journey of following him? So today we're talking about this reaching out. So if you've got a Bible with you, I invite you up with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28. So New Testament, right? Love for you to kind of open with me there. First book, New Testament. We just came off an amazing Christmas, right? We celebrated Jesus. So we celebrated all that God has done, bringing his son, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. And then we see throughout Matthew how Jesus grew and ministered, right? Jesus started his earthly ministry at the age of 30. He was baptized. <laughs> Man, that's incredible, right? It's the beginning of his ministry. It wasn't the end. It was the beginning. And maybe God's been calling you. Hey, take that step of obedience and be baptized. Man, what better time in 2023 than say, hey, I want to put a stake in the ground. I want to be baptized because God's not finished with me. God's doing a greater work. And we see that. Then Jesus went to the cross, died for your sins and for my sins, paid the price, and then death could not keep him in the ground. Oh, no. He rose, conquered death. And then he stands before his disciples. In Matthew 28, the very last chapter right there. And you go there, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus talking to his disciples and right before he ascends into heaven and then Jesus came to them and he said all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me and they're like well yeah you just conquered death I mean of course you have all authority right nobody had conquered death before you've conquered death right all authority has been given to Jesus so you're thinking what's he gonna say Right, I mean, all authority has been given to him. And what's he gonna tell his disciples to do? I mean, the last words that we have of Jesus on this earth, what's he gonna say? And he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It's the great commission. <laughs> The Great Commission, you go, you go be the hands and feet of Christ. You go and talk to people about me. You go and teach everything that I've taught you. You now go and live that out. And that's the call for all of us as disciples. Have you ever thought, why does God leave us here? You know, when we give our lives to Christ, right? And maybe it's a Sunday morning and you, you gave your life to Christ. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it's recent. Maybe you went home and you got down on your knees and said, Jesus, I want you to forgive my sins. I want to be a Christ follower. Why does God leave us here? We're in a broken world. We're in a fallen world. There's hurt. There's pain. Why doesn't he just take us home? I mean, heaven's going to be awesome, right? It's going to be amazing. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eye. Why does he just take us home? Well, he leaves us here for two reasons, Right? Here we face the challenges and the struggles, but that's the way we grow our character. That's the way we develop. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. So God's growing us. In heaven, there's no sin. In heaven, there's no struggles. In heaven, there's no challenges. So we are growing in our character. We're growing and maturing. Second reason is this. In heaven, you can't tell anybody about Jesus. Everybody knows, right? I mean, everybody knows. I mean, they gotta get it, right? But this is it. This is it. This is our opportunity. And so we are here to be able to share the love of Christ. We're here to be able to reach out. We're here to be able to share the love of Jesus. That's why we are here. And that's our call for all of us as God's church. All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. I'd love for you to write down. Look at this. As a people of God, we are called to go. 
As the people of God were called to go. Now that's kind of like, wait a minute, countercultural because we think as the people of God were called to stay. We like our holy huddle, right? We like all of our people. They're like us. We love each other. We think it's just about us. But no, we have this call to go. Therefore, go, right? All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. Put it into practice. Live it out. Jesus gives us our purpose, our purpose. See, if you were to boil it down as a Christ follower, here's your purpose, right? To know God and to make him known. Real simple, right? And to know God, right? This relationship and to make him known. And you think, well, that's my purpose. That ought to be easy, right? I mean, he is God. I'm not spending time in the word, right? Growing my relationship with him and then being able to make him known, sharing him with others. I mean, that shouldn't be hard. What makes it so hard? <laughs> Oswald Chambers says this, a Christian worker has to learn to be God's man or woman of great worth and excellence in the midst of meager and worthless things. (laughs) A lot of things distract us, right? All of God's people are ordinary people who have been made extraordinary by the purpose he has given to them. All of us have been made extraordinary by the purpose, by living that out in the midst of the meager and worthless things of this world. And we can get caught up in that so easily. And for us to say, no, 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 I want to focus on this. Focus on the Lord, knowing God and making him known. Hey, a great commitment, all right, let's see here. A great commitment to the great commandment. What's the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, right? And love your neighbors yourself. So a great commitment to the great commandment and to the great commission which you just read, therefore go and make disciples, makes a great life. I couldn't think of a C word right there for that, but so but anyway, a great life and a great church and a great church. So that's it. This is how we're called to live, right? Loving the Lord our God, making a great commitment. Remember last week in Acts 2, 42 through 47, the early church, they devoted themselves. Man, they were in it. They were devoted. A great commandment and a great commission makes a great life and a great church. See, we must always be reaching out to others. We must always be reaching out to others. You know, the, the church is not a country club, right? It, it, sometimes we, people think about that. We come in and we go, well, it's just here for me. What can the church do for me? How can the church meet my needs? And the church does a lot for us. And the church meets our needs. And I mean, praise God for that. But, but it's not just a country club. It's for us to be mobilized. The church isn't just a hospice. We don't just take care of the sick and the dying. It's us going out and sharing the love and the grace of God, reaching out to others and bringing them to Jesus. That's the call of the church. Hey, if you're in Matthew, turn over with me to Luke. Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five. There's just this amazing story right here in Luke chapter five. One of my favorites in the entire Bible. In the entire Bible. I mean, this is one of my favorites right here in Luke chapter five. It tells us this. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four gospels. Here we are, Jesus is teaching. It tells us one day, verse 17 of Luke chapter five, Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. Okay, the Pharisees, remember, these are the religious leaders of the day. These are the ones that could beat us all at Bible trivia, right? I mean, like Old Testament, they're going to dominate, man. They, they know the Old Testament backwards and forwards. They've got it down and they're the teachers of the law. <laughs> and they're there listening to Jesus teach, right? 
This is important, right? Because sometimes we think spiritual growth is just all about more Bible study, more Bible study. And I love Bible study. Obviously, it's what I do, right? And I love it. I love it. But, but it's not just more and more knowledge. It's about applying that knowledge. It's about living it out because Jesus was pretty hard on the Pharisees, pretty critical because they kind of turned in on themselves, right? Well, they're all sitting there and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So Jesus is teaching, they're in this house, all these people are around, and some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. All right, so picture the scene. These, these guys have their buddy, their buddy is paralyzed, they're bringing him to Jesus and the house is packed. I mean, they can't get in. There's, there's so many people there. You would think, ah, they could just give up, right? They go, oh, we tried, buddy. Sorry, you know, we're gonna take you. But, but no, they don't. They don't give up. It says, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Okay, that would cause a scene, right? I mean, you imagine everybody's packed in there. They're all listening. The Pharisees are being critical. They're trying to, and then all of a sudden the roof starts to cave in and, and then here comes this guy being lowered down. Everybody's like, what is going on? Well, I love this line right here. <laughs> When Jesus saw their faith, isn't that awesome? Not the man's faith. The man's laying on the mat, right? But Jesus looked up and he saw their faith. These guys knew, man, we got to get our friend to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the one who can heal him. Jesus is the one who can take care of him. And Jesus looks up, he sees their faith. And then he said to the man, right? Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? I mean, who can forgive sins but God alone? <laughs> Jesus knew what they were thinking. Okay, stop right there for a minute. Jesus knows what you're thinking. You ever thought about that? Right, that's why the Bible says take captive every thought, right? But Jesus knows what we're thinking. Jesus knows what's going on in our hearts. Jesus knows the struggles we deal with, right? Jesus knows what we're thinking. And he said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has a authority, right? There it is, authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, I love that. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home, praising God. Can you imagine his four friends up there at the top or how many friends, and they're just high five. They're look, we do it. We bring it to Jesus. Look what's happening. This is awesome. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were all filled with awe. And they said, we've seen remarkable things today. That's what happens when you bring friends to Jesus. That's what happens. These guys, man, they took it together. They said, let's go. You know what I think? I think Jesus right there, I think Jesus had one of those love bursts. You ever have a love burst? You know what I'm talking about? And maybe you've been married a while or something, but then sometimes it just catches you, man. You look at your spouse and you're just like, gosh, I love them. <laughs> They're awesome. I do that with Lisa sometimes. It's just like, ah, she's amazing. Or sometimes you watch your kids. You ever do this and you, you just kind of see out of the corner of your eye and you're watching them and they're, they're laughing or they're dancing. And you just go, oh, I 
love that. Thank you. You know, it's just like this little glimpse where you got this best friend and you see them do something really nice and you're just watching and go, thank you, God. Thank you for friends like that. I think Jesus had a love burst right there. I think he just looked up and was like, that's it. They get it. They get it. Pharisees, look at that. They, they get it. Look. I think he just burst his heart. Just burst in his heart. I hope and pray you have some love bursts. Sometimes when you're praying or worshiping, you're just thinking, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in my family. God, thank you. <laughs> All right, look at this. Look at this. We are called to go and make disciples. Guys, it's our call, right? And sometimes we go, oh, I don't know enough, right? I, I'm not to be a pastor. No, you're not saying to be a pastor or a preacher, right? It's just saying, Hey, make disciples. We're called to go. That's a present participle. While you're going, while you're living, make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples. Look at this. We must always be ready to have spiritual conversations. I think this is a big one for us, okay? Because we'll talk to people about football. We'll talk to people about movies. We'll talk to people about food. We're foodies, right? You know, where's the best place? What's it? You know. But, but are we ready to have spiritual conversations? You know, are we ready to talk to people about the things that really matter? <laughs> the things that are going to last, the things that are eternal. And if we're not, who is? Schools? Mm, probably not. Right? Internet? Mm, not going to be really. Uh, you know, the most searched thing, right, is questions about God. That's the most searched on, on Google. People want to know. People want to know. But where are they going to hear if we don't talk, if we don't share, that's why Jesus said, you go, you go, you make a difference. See, he says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. So if we go, you know, Christ Jesus, you're my Lord and I'm gonna do what you've called me to do, then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. All right, no, no, we don't beat people over the head the Bible, but people want to know what is truth. People want to know where is hope. People want to know where is joy. And God just says, you tell them. You tell them. Now, here's the thing, right? Making disciples starts at home. It starts at home. You know, parents, if you're a parent here, a grandparent here, that, that's our first responsibility. And sometimes we can outsource, right? We can outsource, you know, all things in our lives. We outsource our cooking, you know, DoorDash or outsource right? our mowing the lawn. But, but don't outsource your parenting, right? Don't outsource that and go, you know, well, I'll just let the church tell my kids about Jesus. No, you're the primary discipler of your kids. And the church comes alongside you. And we've got an incredible family ministry. I mean, man, I went preschool children, students. They're awesome. All my kids involved, love it. It's been amazing, the spiritual growth that they've had in their lives. But still... It's, it's me. And so if I talk to my kids all the time just about homework and sports and everything else, but I don't ever have a spiritual conversation, I've, I've missed it, right? If you're married or, or with your friends, I mean, that's us. That's our call. Look, God has put you in your home, school, workplace, and neighborhood for a reason. You're here for a reason. You were born at this time in history for a reason. You live where you live for a reason. You're born in the family you're in for a reason. And at some point, just stop and look around and go, who's going to tell these people about Jesus if I don't? Right? I mean, that's why I'm here. That I can love and I can share and I can make a difference right here today. See, as a church, we do this together. This is the DNA of Rolling Hills. This is what we do, right? 
This is why so many people serve, and I'm so thankful, man, whether you're serving in, in kids and students, whether you're serving in the parking lot, whether you're serving an usher or greeter, we, we all do this together. This is what we do. This is who we've always been for 20 years. When we first started, we, we did a three-on-three basketball tournament. We just thought, if we're going to reach out to the community, let's set up some basketball goals over at Chick-fil-A and Cool Springs, and people started coming, and we met people. We still do a rapping station. Many of you volunteered, right? We're in the Cool Springs Mall. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we're meeting people. And one of my favorite things that we do, we get to be a part of, it's called the Father's Son Bowl. And it's awesome. Darren and Carrie Clark in our church, their parents, and they have incredible boys, these young men that they've raised up. But they said, we're going to reach out to our community. And I mean, when we first started as a church, I mean, we're talking, Darren and Carrie have been here, right? I mean, this has been going on for a long time. And they said, what if we helped dads connect with sons? What if we use football? And then we have the chance to tell them about Jesus. So I want you to hear a little bit of their story. Watch this. Father and Son Bowl is, is a community flag football event for fathers and sons, but also uncles and nephews, grandfathers, grandsons, and mentors and mentees. It's a, it's a way to get together and have a great time playing football, but to be encouraged and, be, and for us to point people to the ultimate father and son, God the Father and God the Son, and to what what he is and, and who he is and how much you know he loves us and cares for us. Another part of that too is is helping fatherless kids through the some of the money that we raise for the event to work with Justice and Mercy International to support those kids, 413 Strong, Franktown Open Hearts. There's so many things we could say as far as like how this is kind of just over the years it just has grown. When we started in Franklin we had about 120 players that first year. That was crazy to me. I thought, how can we even do this? And then every year it, started, it would grow. And so we expanded fields, we expanded the whole thing. And we actually have to close registration. We max out every year, we sell out. And right now, because of field space and all of that, we're about 800 players. MVP started uh, seven years ago. We wanted to give back in our own community and help uh, the fatherless in our community. And so we have reached out to organizations in our local community and they come out and bring their boys. Some of them are fatherless, some of them just have some absentee fathers, but they come out and they play and we treat them like MVPs. And this year we're so excited to add our special needs community. Ultimately, again, our, our goal really is to not just to have a flag football event for men and boys, but it's, it's to point fathers and men to Christ in order to help that next generation to leave a legacy. You're the one that can make that change and, and to help encourage them to make that change and then move forward and leave a legacy that will impact generations, and, but immediately you know, within your, your own family. The heart of it is again to champion fatherhood and encourage men to be the loving and strong leaders that they're created to be, and then they can make a difference and make a change if they need to in their life to leave a legacy for eternity in Christ and leading their, their entire families to the hope in Christ. Awesome. 
I just love it. I love it. In church, you, you know, you, you're the backbone in so many ways. And so, man, it's going to be this year, you know, February 11th. It's always the Saturday before the Super Bowl on Sunday. And, and so, you know, we're going to, if you want to sign up, we need volunteers. You can sign up in the gallery. You can sign up online, players. But it's amazing for these kids. It's their, it's their favorite day of the year because they have to play football with their dad. But what I love about it, what I love about it is watching, you know, we do this kind of rally thing and, and Darren stands up there and he shares this testimony with all these dads, with all these people, all these people in the community. And he's just like, hey, listen, I got to tell you what Jesus Christ has done in my life. And I'm praying for you guys and I want you to have Jesus at the center of your heart because that's what makes a great family. So I didn't grow up, you know, it was a struggle in my home, a struggle with my dad. But listen, we can see God change lives. And I just sit there having one of those lovebirds. I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. You know, this is what God's doing, you know. This is our church. And I love that. I love that. And that's how we serve together and making a difference in our community. Hey, look, let's keep going here. We are called to make disciples of all nations. Of all nations, right? I, I mean, that's big. When he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, I think the disciples are like, What? We don't go anywhere, but like up there to Galilee and down to Jerusalem. What do you mean all nations? But, but for us, that's what we have a call to, right? God has a heart for the nations. When Jesus came, he opened the door. We talked about it last week. If you missed, go back and listen. Go back and watch. Because he opened the door. It wasn't just the children of Israel anymore. Now all nations, right? All people. I want you to come to the Father, go to Galatians 3.28, right? There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So Jesus has a heart for all people. And so for us, man, how do we do that? And whether it's a mission trip or whether it's sponsoring a child or, or whether it's your neighbor, I mean, there's people all around us. It's like God's bringing the world to us right here in Tennessee. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And don't miss that, right? It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, prompts you, that still small voice inside of you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And for us, our Jerusalem right here, you know, in Judea, Middle Tennessee, Samaria, the United States, and then to the ends of the earth. To take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Look, we can't do everything, <laughs> but we can all do something. I mean, right, there's so many things that you're like, I, I can't do this, I can't do that. That's right. But there's times when the Holy Spirit prompts you and you go, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, maybe I'm supposed to help somebody go on a mission trip. Maybe I, I'm supposed to go on a mission trip. Maybe I'm supposed to sponsor a child. Maybe I'm supposed to do Path United and help with ESL. Or maybe I'm something somehow where I'm reaching out, where I'm giving back, where I'm involved. L listen to God's voice when he prompts your heart. You know, when God's going to prompt your heart, there's going to be times that you see a need. And, and God's like, hey, I want you to get involved. I want you to do it. And, and not every time. There's sometimes you go, yeah, that's, that's not what I'm supposed to do, right? i got a limited amount of time, a limited amount of money. But it's all God's. It's all His. And so, God, what do you want to do? How do you want me to allocate that? What needs do you want me to meet? And when you start praying, God opens your eyes. When you start praying, saying, God, speak through me. Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10. I don't have time to go through the whole story, but it's incredible. But Acts chapter 10, Peter, right? Peter, who was a disciple, a leader in the early church. And Peter's kind of getting toward retirement age. In Acts chapter 10, he's seen God do amazing things. The church has exploded. It's unbelievable what God's done. And he's up on the rooftop praying. And he's praying up on the rooftop there in Joppa, right? Seaport City. And, and all of a sudden he has this vision of this sheep being lowered down in front of him. And there's all these animals on it. And he hears this voice saying, get up, kill, and eat. 
And he's like, no, 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 I'm a good Jew, right? I don't, I don't do that. Leviticus 11, there's these animals that you aren't supposed to eat, right? As a Jewish person. He's like, no, 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 those are impure. And then he hears this voice saying, don't call anything impure or unclean that I've created. And the sheet goes back up. Then the sheet comes back down. Then the sheet goes back up. He's like, down. And Peter's like, what is that? You know, like, what are you trying to tell me, God? Well, at the same time, there's a knock at the door. And these guys go, we're representatives for Cornelius' house. Cornelius, who is a Roman centurion, he's the head of the Italian regiment, and he wants you to come to his house. And after Peter, he's probably like, well, I'm, I'm kind of retired now, you know, <laughs> like I'm tired. Number two, he's probably thinking, Romans, put Jesus on the cross. I was there. I watched this whole thing go down. I don't really want to do this. But he says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't call anything unclean that God's created. Hold on. God's calling me. And so he leaves and he goes on the first mission trip right there, right? And he goes over and he takes the journey, goes with those guys. And he comes to Cornelius' house, this Roman house. And Cornelius says, come in. Now, Peter's never stepped foot in a Gentile's house. And God calls him, step in, step in. And he steps in and he goes in and he tells them the gospel. He tells them about Jesus. And he says, listen, I thought it was just for one nation. It's not. It's for everybody. And right then, Cornelius and all of his family give their lives to Christ. They're all baptized. Peter's like, what is going on? This is incredible. I can't believe it, right? And just this joy, this joy. See, God's not done with any of us, guys. God wasn't done with Peter. God's not done with you. God's not done with me, and God's put a desire in your heart. There's people around you, and maybe it's in your own family. Maybe it's your extended family. There's people around you who don't know Jesus yet. Maybe it's serving in some capacity at church. Maybe it's going on a mission trip. I don't know. But somehow when we get outside of ourselves and we say, God, use me, we see God do miracles. We see God do miracles. Hey, look at this. Jesus promises to always be with you. Right? Jesus is calling you, but he's promising. I love that. I love that. He ends the Great Commission with, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, if you put it in context, right, he's like, go and make disciples, and I'm with you always, right? So you're not living off in a lifestyle of sin and goes, I'm with you in the middle of that. He's saying, no, when you're living in the center of my will, when you're calling and doing what I've called you to do, listen, I'm with you always. See, be bold in Christ Jesus. Be bold. Guys, we have a short time on this earth. And then it's going to be perfect. It's going to be eternity. It's going to be awesome. Man, it's going to be incredible. But listen, don't miss this. Be bold. Be bold what God's called us to do. Look, you can't mess up. See, I think a lot of times we don't want to talk about Jesus because we think we're going to mess up, right? That's a lie from Satan. You ever get the conversation, you know you're at Starbucks, you're having a conversation or with your spouse or with your kids or something, and you want to bring up Jesus, and then you're like, ah, what if I turn them off? You know, and then they never come to the Lord, and it's all my fault. No, it's not all your fault, right? You can't mess up. You just be obedient. You just talk. You share. You write the email. You send the text. You say the prayer, right? You are being obedient to God and knowing that God is sovereign. God's in control, He's bigger than we are. And he's saying, just join me in what I'm doing. You can't mess up. Jesus calls you to be obedient and leave the results up to him. So when the Holy Spirit prompts you, jump in and do it. When the Holy Spirit calls you, be obedient and watch God do what only God can do. And always remember, always remember, Jesus is with me. He's called me to go. He's called me to live. He's called me in this time. And he is with me and he is for me. 
And if I could learn to live like that, man, it would be unbelievable. If I could live in the center of his will, if I could walk with him and just be obedient, whatever he calls me to do. You know, this past Monday night, uh, my daughter Kate and I, we, we went upstairs, we turned on TV and we turned on Monday night football. I'm sure everybody knows what happened on Monday night football. Buffalo Bills were playing Cincinnati Bengals and DeMar Hamlin, right, was hit, went into cardiac arrest. And it stopped everything. <laughs> everything. 24-year-old kid laying there on the field in the middle of life or death. And Kate and I were watching this, you know, and we're kind of tearing up. We was in the ambulance and, and all these things. And then what unfolded was unbelievable to me, right? I mean, pretty soon all the news anchors started talking and they go, you know what, the game is secondary. This game doesn't matter. What matters is this kid. What matters is DeMar. What matters is his life. The entire Buffalo Bills team, they, they circled up and they got down on one knee and just started to pray. Started to pray. I mean, these big dudes bawling, they're crying and they're praying. They're praying. And then I don't know if you saw on ESPN, this news anchor, Dan Orvaleski, he, he did this right there in the middle. Watch this. Um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. I mean, the boldness just to go, you know what, we talk about prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray. And I just thought, here's this guy, you know, and people were going, well, what if he loses his job? And I'm like, who cares? He's doing what God's called him to do. This is our time. This is our opportunity. And there was a kid who was hurt. And the whole nation for just a moment, right, it was like the veil was pulled back. Because let's be honest, in our culture, in our day, football is God. Right? I mean, people worship it. I mean, people, all of your money, your time, your energy, Right, we go to games, like, woo, right, we come to church, like, you know, it's like, hold on, time out, man, where is that? It, it, we just kind of got the veil pulled back for just a little bit, and everybody, players, Newcaster, everybody just went, whoa, 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 whoa. It's kind of like when 9-11 happened and all the churches are full because we go, wait a minute, these are, we've got mixed up. There are people's lives at stake. 
And guys, for us as a church, it's like the veil needs to be pulled back sometimes. And we go, man, we get caught up in meager things. We get caught up in meaningless things, things that aren't going to last. There's only three things that are eternal. God, God's word, and people. And praise God that he answered prayers. The Mars doing so much better. And, and praise God, I mean, the entire nation rallying around and praying. I don't know if you see, I mean, the, the kid had a heart to help people. I mean, he was trying to raise $2,500 to do toys for kids. It's over $8 million now, right? Because people go, man, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. This is your time. This is my time. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. If you're here today, you've never committed your life to Christ. Don't put it off. I mean, tomorrow's 24 years old. Okay, we're not promised tomorrow. Let's be honest. And if you've never settled things between you and God, today is the day. Right here, right now. Say, God, I need you in my life. Forgive my sins. Redeem me. Restore me. Don't just go, well, I'll get my life right with God when I get older, when things get right. No, 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 no. Now. And if in your life, in your life, man, you have something against a brother or sister, you go to them. Offer forgiveness. Offer grace. If in your life God's calling you to be baptized or, or to serve or something, don't put it off. Do it. Do it. This is your time. This is our time. And let's make it about God. To know God. Make Him known. God, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. And I'm here. For whatever time I'm on this earth, God, I'm here. For you and for your glory. Don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. Pull the veil back, God, on what really matters, what really matters. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. Maybe today is a day of salvation. You go, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you in my heart. God, I need you. I've been putting it off for so long, but today, today, I want to put a stake in the ground. I want to make a commitment to you. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Let me live my life for your name and for your glory. It's not about me. It's about you. Maybe you're here today and God's put somebody on your heart. You need to invite to church. Or you need to share Christ with. Or you, you need to say, listen, we talk about a lot of things that don't matter. <laughs> I need to talk to them about what matters. <laughs> God, give me the boldness. Give me the courage. So, Father God, here we are, your people, a people of God today, a people of God right here. God, let us be that people, right? Let, let us be that priesthood, that, the bridge builders between God and man. Let, let us be that holy nation that's, that lives for you and not the things of this world. Don't let us get caught up in things that don't matter, Father. Let us get caught up in you, bringing our friends to Jesus and seeing their lives change just like you've changed our life. Having those love bursts, God, when we see you at work and seeing you heal and restore and redeem and understanding, God, that you are here, you're the God of miracles and our faith and our trust is in you. Father, the whole world got a glimpse of that this week and I pray, Father, we would get a glimpse of that every day. Lord, let us speak Jesus. Speak Jesus over our family. Speak Jesus over our workplace. Speak Jesus over our school. Speak Jesus over our hearts. Speak Jesus, Father, over our country, our nation, our world. Oh, God, let us not miss it. Let us speak Jesus. In your name we pray. 
And we respond to you right now. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. And lastly, from the church family to your family, Merry Christmas.